Have you heard anything back after sliding into Woody Harrelson's DMs? Hasn't even seen the message. Didn't even look at it. Just absolutely devastating to me. Just feathers, eh? I just, there, I don't think there is, I, I'm not much of a slide into other people's DMs kind of guy. That's not really my style. And this is, I, I went out on a limb on this one and, and, and decided to make myself vulnerable and put myself out there. And uh, it hurts. I'm not going to lie. It hurts. It's uh, yeah, not, uh, not, not ideal to get rejected by, uh, by another man. But uh, here I am. One of the craziest games, I think, uh, in Winnipeg Blue Bomber history, but they came out on the right end of it. 21-17, Bombers win. As we're joined now with friend of the show, John Rush. Bombs away. John, what a wild game. Before we break it down, just give us your overall thoughts of the Western Conference Final, Bombers-Saskatchewan, now that it's over. Yeah, you know, it it was entertaining, to say the least, but... uh, uh, you know, it's it's one of those games, and you know I've said it before, and you know uh, wins are wins are come hard to come by in, in professional sports. Uh, it doesn't matter what sport you're playing; it's not easy to win. Uh, but you know they pulled it off. Doesn't matter how sloppy it was; they pulled it off, and they got to the Grey Cup. So uh, that, that's all that really matters, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't ask how, right? They just ask yeah. how, that you got there, and. Exactly. Boy, did the Bombers make it difficult on themselves, though, John. That, that had to be very frustrating for you and the, the crowd. They had to be pretty antsy throughout that first uh, first half of that game. You know what? It's it's interesting. And, you know, I was talking with some of the guys about it after, too. And, like, it was. It, it was frustrating because it's like – because it kept happening at, like, the, the worst, most, in, like, inopportune times, like – like I think two or three of them were in the red zone when they were about to score, you know, and it's just like one was, one was like with one of the turnovers was with like 38 seconds left in the half as they were driving down the field. And it was just like, man, uh, like it, it was more just like, it was like annoying, but like it never seemed like they were going to lose that game. And I like I know, like I know it was close. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I understand that it was very close and, uh, but it never seemed like that game was like out of control for them, uh, which I guess really just goes to show you how good the Blue Bombers are and how not good the, the Rough Riders are. Yeah, like the Bombers shot themselves in the foot repeatedly and still outskilled the Rough Riders. And what's on your mind? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. Like, like, you know, I've talked about it before with the turnover ratio with, you know, if you... You know, if you you know, I, I'm not a much of a I'm not much of a stats guy, as we know, but there are a few stats that really matter and one of them is the turnover ratio. And you know, if you look at the stats for the turnover ratio, if you're if you're losing the turnover ratio by three plus, there's like a ninety nine point nine percent chance you're gonna lose that game. And the bombers were losing that turnover ratio by five plus. So yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> It's it, it's insane. Like it's insane how like how bad it was, and yet it was like never out of control. And you know, like that just like I mean, like you, you you have to be doing something right to cause five turnovers. But 
you know, you got to be do something very wrong to yeah. score ten points off of those turnovers, right? Yeah, that's like that's that's big yikes. Because John, you're talking about turnovers. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but it's it's kind of where you turn the ball over too, right? Like you were saying, the Bombers turned it over a number of times in the red zone or deep in Saskatchewan territory. Where you commit the turnovers is almost is as important as the turnover itself, right? Yeah, no, that's kind of like exactly it. And, you know, it's always frustrating to, you know, obviously be in the red zone and not not only not score points, but, you know, get like turn the ball over. But at the same time, you know, if you if you turn it over on their like 10, they got they have to travel now. They have to do a 100-yard drive, you know what I mean? And with, you know, Cody Fajardo as their quarterback, it's just like, you know, that's, that's going to be difficult for them, right? So, like – yeah, there were a lot of bad turnovers, no doubt, but you know, having them so deep in their territory was like kind of like, well, if you're going to do it anywhere, at least have it happen there. Cause, you know, if you turn the ball over on your own five yard line, well, you know that's that's a completely kind of different story now, <laughs> yeah. where they 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 have you know to get five yards to get a touchdown instead of a hundred. Yeah, right. So. You know, big big difference there, right? So it's uh, uh, that certainly does play a factor into it, which is you know, and especially and especially with how good Winnipeg's defense is too, right? You know, getting you know getting five yards, yeah, sure, but getting a hundred is gonna be tough. Oh yeah, man, lots to break down with this game. Uh, we'll start with the quarterback Zach Calero, seventeen of twenty-one, two hundred and twenty-nine yards, one TD, three interceptions, but. Uh, you know that'll happen. Conditions weren't weren't great in Winnipeg that night. Uh, but what did you think overall of Zach Caleros and kind of how he controlled the game and the ebbs and flows when things weren't really going his way? Yeah, you know what? It's you know it, it's one of the reasons I I hate stats because you know one debatably two of that, those interceptions you know weren't really his fault. The one one the one was obviously very bad yeah uh you can't can't argue it i can't can't uh can't really say much about that one but uh you know that first one you know you, you hit him in the end zone uh, on the chest yeah. <laughs> there's not much there's not much more you can do as a quarterback than that so um you know so you know it's a stats kind of kind of lie sometimes but 17 for 21 uh in a in a game where uh, winds were gusting 60 kilometers an hour and wind chill was minus 24 you know I'd say that I'd say that's a pretty good game and one of the things that you know I, I really like to see from Zach and he's you know he's such a leader out there is, you know I, I've been watching I've been watching Cody Fajardo all year you know when something goes wrong with Cody he goes to the sideline he freaks out and he's like he's like a loose cannon on the sideline, and everyone thinks he's like this you know really good guy. But I'm like, yeah, that's not what a good teammate does. <laughs> I don't know, like I don't know how to tell you guys this, but like, that's not what a good teammate does. And you know, like you, you see Zach, you see Zach go to the sideline, and and he's you know talking to the guys. He's even keeled. He's calm. He's he's still kind of doing the thing where he's you know he's in control, he, and he's he's you know, working with the guys to see what went wrong and how they can move forward from it. Uh, and that's really one of the things that I, you know, I like to see because, you know, as we know, things are going to happen in a football game. The other team's getting paid too. Uh, but it's, it's really, 
it's really all about how you respond to those things. And uh, that's what I, that's what I, you know, really love to see from Zach is, you know, he comes back from that and he controls that game and, and, you know, you see the outcome, right? Absolutely. But if there was any question as to the most important Winnipeg Blue Bomber, at least on the offensive side, maybe overall, uh, he answered it. Big number 33 put a performance out there for the ages. And if anybody was thinking he was slowing down, he was he just continues to step up in the big moments. And boy, Andrew Harris uh, can take over a game in the running back position unlike maybe anybody in the CFL and maybe only like three other guys in the history of the league can take over a game like he can. Yeah, no, it's just, it's absurd. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's absurd watching him play. Like, you know, it, you see him, you know, rip off these runs and you see him do these things and you're kind of just sitting there like, man, how are you like 34 and still doing this? Like, <laughs> I'm 28 and I'm just watching you, my knees hurt. Like, what the heck, dude? Like, um, but like, it, it's, it's great. You know, I, I, you love to see it. You love to see it. You know, he was a little banged up there for a bit. Uh, and, you know, just kind of the past season, he was just kind of banged up here and there. But, you know, as we talked about, you know, he, he probably could have been playing a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, realistically, he probably could have. But, like, like we all kind of knew. It's just like, wh- why? Yeah. <laughs> why? What's the point? You know, why, why are we going to put him in? For what reason? You know, we're, we already have home, home, home uh, field playoff clinched. You know, we're great cup contenders. What are we going to put Andrew Harris in? And and that's kind of the thing. That's kind of the team model. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Did Andrew Harris want to be on that field that entire season? One hundred percent. There's no questions asked about it. No one, no one's arguing whether or not he wanted to be on that field. Of course he did. But he did what was best for the team and made sure he was hundred percent healthy, so that when he came back, he rips off a hundred plus yard game in the West Final, and then and that's one of the Grey Cup. You know what I mean? Especially. Especially because, as you know, we talked without Andrew doing that in the West Final. Like that game was that game was I was I was in the stands. It was minus twenty four. Like you need to establish a run game, or you're putting it all on your quarterback and wide receivers, and that's tough. Like when it's minus twenty four out, catching that football sucks. <laughs> I've done it. It sucks. Like there's nothing. Like I love football. There's nothing enjoyable about it. I don't care if you've been. I don't care if that's your job. There's absolutely zero things enjoyable about catching a football at minus 24 degree weather. It's just so to alleviate that pressure, which we saw him do because you know, Zach Clare was only throwing 21 times in a CFL football game. Like that's an absurdly low amount of times. You know what I mean? So, like. Andrew Harris's ability to alleviate that pressure from the rest of the offense is like, man, it's just like it's insane. It like no other, no other guy can do that. Like no other guy in the CFL does it like him. No, absolutely not. 136 yards on 23 carries, just unreal. And uh, again, the Bombers really do spread the ball around on the ground, though, which. I think provides a very unique challenge for other defenses. I mean, Dembski had three carries. McGuire, I mean, was in short yardage. But Rasheed Bailey, uh, Zach Caleros, they're all running threats at some point. Like, that's a unique offensive setup. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because I was, I, was, um, I was, like, watching the stats for a bit, and 
even in the passing game, in the first quarter, Zach had already hit every single receiver once. Yep. And I'm kind of just sitting there like, man, no other quarterback does that. No other offense does this. You know what I mean? And, and do you know how hard that is for a defense to prep? Because, so like normally, you know, I used to play defense. So normally what you do as a defense is you're like, okay, you know, backside they have like Darvin Bailey, Darvin Adams and uh, Kenny Lawler, right? Yep. So we're just gonna we're just gonna one up them. They they have two to the backside. We're gonna put three. You know, it's just it's simple math. It's short side of the field. You know, it's gonna be a lot harder to hit those guys. But like, yeah, go ahead. Then you're you're single covering Rashid Bailey, uh, Nick Dempsey, and Drew Altarski. Okay, have fun. Like you know what I mean? Like, and yep. not only that, not only that. Okay, so you want to get an extra guy out on on Rashid and Nick Dempsey? Yeah, okay. But then you're late in the box. And then you can't because of Andrew, uh, Andrew Harris. Yep, have fun. So <laughs> as a defense, it's like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you like? What do you do? Like, it just there. There's nothing. Yeah, you gotta just. <laughs> it's almost like they gotta guess and hope that you know that uh, Caleros can can make a mistake. Well, that's that's kind of basically it. Like you're just you're trying to take your best your best stab at what they're gonna do. And hope that Caleros doesn't come out and like audible it, basically. Yeah, like because if yeah, he like, reads it, if he picks it up, he will pick you apart. Yeah, well, it, that's exactly it, right? So it's like you're just kind of sitting there, like, well, I, I sure, I sure hope this works. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I'm a I'm a defensive guy, like I I am, and you know I've never played against a, a, a like an offense that skilled. Like it just it doesn't even make sense. Because, like, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for the other <laughs> offense. It's just like, bro, like, that sucks, dude. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Like, I need to be on your side. Yeah, that because dude. Like, like, anything you do, like, you try and blitz, yeah, we'll just dunk one in right behind where you blitz. And, <laughs> and we'll go for 18 yards with Rasheed Bailey and get a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what are you going to do? And it, you know, like, like, another thing, another layer to it is the Bombers are usually in second and short. Because Harris has gotten them anywhere between three and six or seven yards, like they are so dangerous because they don't have to, you know, airmail yeah. throws on second and long very often. That's a hundred percent. It 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 can't be like like overlooked how easy it is. How much not easy, but how much easier yeah. it is to get uh, a second and three conversion instead of a second and nine conversion. Because a lot something a lot of people seem to forget too is ninety percent of snaps in the CFL are from shotgun formation. So not only you know if you're second and nine, you're actually second and fourteen because you're five yards back at the snap. And then if you take a three yard drop, which is the standard drop, you're now seventeen yards from the first down marker as a quarterback. That's a lot longer of a throw then if you're second and three and you, you have the choice to kind of go under center or, you know, give it to Harris for a first down, you know, it's a second and 17 basically is a lot harder to convert, right? And that's, uh, that's something that a lot, of, a lot of people don't really kind of take into account a lot of the time is, is how difficult, how much more difficult a second and long is than a second and three. That's 100% right, and again, uh, it, it just makes them so dangerous. Before we get back into that game, I, I want to ask, because I wrote this question down as you were talking, 
Is the center the most underrated player in football? Yes. Uh, yes. He, so what a lot of people don't understand about the O-line especially, and, and that this is one of the main reasons it's so difficult to play in uh, either Saskatchewan or Winnipeg with the fans, is the center of the offensive line calls out the protection. So he's sitting there. What he's, he's sitting there. He, they get to the line. They see, what the, they see what the defense comes out lined up in. And then immediately they, they, immediately they start talking. They, the all five O-linemen are talking amongst themselves about who's doing what, who's taking up what, and it's all coded uh, and all this stuff. But when you come and play, and, and so for Saskatchewan coming to play in Winnipeg, you when the crowd is that loud, you can't talk. So you're, you can't hear anything. You can't the center. You can't hear the guy next to you, and they, they can't hear two guys down. So, um, so it makes it so much more difficult to make those calls, to make the right pickups, and, and to get the right guys blocked because they can't communicate. And, uh, you know, one of the – the center definitely is one of the most underrated positions for that exact reason because if he screws up, if he comes out and screws up the protection and screws up what he sees, the entire, every single O-lineman is off. They're all, they're all wrong. So even if they end up picking up guys, one guy is potentially coming free, and that's a shot on Zach Lara. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's... That's a terrifying thought. You know what I mean. So, you know, sometimes you, you can certainly get lucky and make a wrong call, but and still pick everyone up. And you know, especially if it's just like a three-man rush, whatever. But you know, like it's a, it's a, it, most people don't realize how much the center actually does. Yeah. And and not only that, but like you know, if, if mid mid count the defense changes up their their formation. The center has to like readjust everyone on the fly. It is hectic. Let me tell you, I would not want to be in that position. No, and like just from a fan's point of view, I find it so fascinating that he is doing all of that. He's communicating to the line. He snaps the ball, like you said, often in shotgun formation, and still has to pick up a block. Like it's not like he just gets to snap the ball and stand there. He has to block somebody as well. Like, there's a lot going on for that one guy at that one position. Well, that's, that's exactly it, right? Like, you know, I always, I always was told that I should be like long snapping um, to get into the CFL because that's like one of the quote unquote easiest positions to get into um, because no one wants to do it. So I started learning how to long snap and stuff like that. Now, I could get the snap down. But then, it, but then you have to block. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Screw that. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, absolutely not. Am I doing this? It's way too much pressure. I'm like, I'm like, not only do you have to get it back to, to the either the you know the field goal kicker or the field goal holder and the uh, or the punter, which is already enough. That's already an enormous amount of pressure. But then you have to actually have to set up and block someone that's coming to tee off on your head. I'm like, why would I? Why would I? Why would I do this? Why would I willingly take this up? I will. I would just work on other skills. I was like, I don't care if it's harder. 
I don't care. That seems just like a bad decision. Yeah, I love that. Uh, okay, so we talked uh, a lot about the offense. We talked about some turnovers. Let's talk about the defense. You talked about Calero spreading the ball around. Defensively, uh, five different guys with sacks. Willie Jefferson, Jonathan Kongbo, Jackson Jeffcoat, Alan, uh, sorry, Alden Darby picked up a sack, and so did Jake Thomas. Much like offense, if you have got that many defenders at different positions able to catch and bring down a quarterback, that makes you a very dangerous team, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good astute call. Yeah. Good, good pickup there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, simply, but yes, but I, I think I think the bigger stat. I mean, yeah, I think not the five sacks in a game alone is insane. Like just straight up getting five sacks in a game is is an insane stat. You know what I mean? Like three sacks in a game is huge. Five is even crazier. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, definitely massive for that defense. But uh, I I think the bigger the bigger stat is the fact that. Um, you know, Winnipeg gave up five turnovers, and the defense stopped uh, like like stopped them to ten points. Yeah, like that is an absurd stat. That is like just really shows you how good the Blue Bomber defense is. That they're able to to you know, it, it basically at that point it's just like man, like it doesn't even matter what the offense does. <laughs> like, it's just like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna win. You know what I mean? Like they're just they're just too good. That is so awesome. Uh, one play that was not so awesome, and I and I want to know what you saw on Mark Leggio's alleged fake punt turned into attempted punt and run. I don't really know what he was doing. What did you see, and and what did you think, or maybe what do you think now after a couple days after seeing it? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. One of the one of the things I really hate about uh, the TSN broadcast, especially for special teams, is it's re- they don't really show you a lot. So if you're watching it on TV, it's very difficult to see the entire field and kind of what's going on, uh, which is unfortunate. But uh, I, I, I so I don't think you could see this on the broadcast. But they Saskatchewan had 13 men on the field. Okay. okay. So uh, one of the things you're trained to do. Uh, if you're calling the plays, either the quarterback uh, or on punt, if you're the guy that's you know uh, calling out the plays, is if they have 13 men on the field, snap the ball. Just get them to snap the ball and and get the playoff because we automatically get the first down then, right? Uh, especially if it's within that five yards. So that's basically what was happening. Uh, whether he actually got off is like very debatable mm-hmm. uh, in that regard, but. Um, so that's what was happening, and I don't think I don't think they were on the same. I don't think it was just it wasn't actually a fake punt. It, like they were trying to get the the thirteen men on the field penalty because I because I could see Saskatchewan Saskatchewan was scrambling. If you like, if you watch the replay, Saskatchewan was scrambling. Uh, we actually ended up having one of our guys uncovered. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was like a gong show. Like Saskatchewan had no idea what was going on. Um, and then all of a sudden, you just see a guy take off for the sideline, and then you see uh, the blue bomber guy try and get the ball snapped so we could get get them for thirteen men on the field. Um, but there was just so much going on that I think it got it like it was just like it flustered the the uh, the, the punter, yeah. and then all of a sudden he got the ball, and then it looked like there was a guy ripping off the the right side and. So like he, he hesitated for a second, then he and then he was like, 
oh dang it, I actually have to like punt this. <laughs> um, and then my, and then just like was just like no, it's gonna get blocked, and then just took off. So uh, I think it was just like kind of like a miscommunication play where they were just they they saw something, tried to take advantage of it, uh, and it just didn't work out in their favor, which it happens. Uh, you know that that you know you don't take any risks. It's like high risk, high reward, right? Like you you gotta take risks. To, to get it, and uh, you know, personally, I think they they probably should should have got the 13 men on the field, but you know, the the refs sometimes like to make the games a little bit more dramatic than they need to be. <laughs> so, um, so they didn't end up getting it, uh, which is so. And then so in the, so in the so in the end, you know, it, it makes it makes the Blue Bombers look like they're idiots. Um, even though that it was actually it was actually a pretty smart play, it was just it was just like a little bit miscommunicated, uh, unfortunately, and then uh, not everyone was on the same page, and that that kind of that's kind of what you know that's the difference between having Justin Medlock in a in a rookie. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, Justin Medlock he, he wore earplugs out there on the field uh, because he he just he did his thing. Yep. You know? He, he, nothing, nothing is going to get in his, in his head and his, you know, in his way. He gets the ball and he punts. That, that's what he's there to do. He wears earplugs. He doesn't care. Um, so, but you know, it, it's different. I don't know if this, uh, I don't know if this new guy wears earplugs or what, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the difference between having a rookie and, and, and a vet is the vet knows in those situations what to do. Mm-hmm. And the rookie might not be as, uh, kind of up to speed on those things, and you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. It's gonna, it, it'll be addressed. But uh, w- when those things don't come up much during the season, it just makes it look really bad when it happens in a super important game, right? Sure, but you know, it gets, it's such an unimportant footnote now in that game. But um, your explanation makes a lot more sense because he did have this deer in the headlights look as soon yeah. as the ball was snapped. And now it makes yeah. sense. Like it, it seemed like he was expecting to see a flag come out, and then exactly. just the play would die, and he, and he didn't have to yeah. do anything. And then yeah. when nothing happened, he kind of had that oh boy look and uh, tried to do something. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. And, yeah. and, and like it's it's tough. Like I I've been in the position where I call the where I call the the snap. You know what I mean? And you're you're looking at fifty different things. You got coaches on the sideline yelling at you. You got guys scrambling around. You're just trying to do your job, like. So I get it. It's tough, but yeah, it's just it was just a, a miscommunication play. It's, it it just it, it compounded with everything else going on at that point in the game. It made it look a lot worse. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just a it was a kind of like a a nothing play. It was not a big deal. All right. So before we start teeing up. Uh... A little bit about the Grey Cup before we get into what you thought about Hamilton, Toronto. I don't know if you saw what happened after or if you have any <laughs> thoughts on that. Uh, I do want to bring it back to the turnovers, though, and I don't want to harp too much on turnovers because it, it happens. But there was one that really frustrated me, and, and it was one that you could see coming. It wasn't the, the drop by Dembski in the end zone because, that's a, to me, that's a, a reaction play. Like, he's batting the ball if that happens. Getting the ball punched out, that happens. But it was the the fighting for extra yards after the first down was made. I think it was uh, Rashid Bailey. You see him turn. He's got decent protection on the ball, but he, he could have gone down and, and it would have been fine. But fighting for extra yards and then the ball gets knocked out. 
Is, I know it's frustrating for fans. Is that frustrating for, for the offense, for the team as well? Or is that more just a, a guy tried to make something happen and it didn't work out, so uh, you can't really fault him for it? How, do, how does the team handle when a guy's fighting for extra yards and then loses the ball? Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting one uh, for a couple different reasons, um, especially because, I mean, it, it's tough. Because, I mean, if you look at Rashid's touchdown, uh, that's how he got the touchdown. Yep. You know, he got stopped, fought for extra yards, dove in, got the touchdown. That, you know, so it's kind of like that give and take you have to have where, like, you don't really want to ever fault a guy for fighting for extra yards because you want that. You know, you want a guy that's going to fight for you. You don't want just a guy that's going to slide down. Like, no one, like, no, like, that's, you know, like, that's, no. Like, no one likes that, right? So, so you want a guy that's going to fight for those extra yards, but at the same time, it's kind of like, and, and we talk about, we do talk about this a lot. It's like, if you are going to fight for those extra yards, protect the ball because that's when it's going to come out. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time. So, you know, I'm sure, like, I'm sure they're like in the team meeting, they're going to talk about it, uh, about the importance of protecting the ball in that exact situation, because especially, especially at, at what part of the field he was at, like, like, yeah, dude, like we all want to believe we're heroes and we're going to make 12 players miss on the field and get a touchdown on every single play. We get it. You have to have that mentality. But at the same time, when there's two guys hanging on your legs, maybe yeah. just think about protecting the ball a bit. Yeah, just you give know, it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's like you, you don't really want to be like, hey, dude, just stop. But like at the same time, it's like, hey, dude, like at least protect the ball because like 99.99% you're not getting a touchdown. No, no. And so, you've already got the first down and we can just yeah. reload and you may get the ball back and just, yeah. And like, and we're in the red zone, you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, so it, it's kind of, it's like a tricky position to be in because if you don't want to discourage the behavior, but you, you kind of also do want to discourage that certain scenario behavior. Yeah. A little bit, right? It's just kind of, it, it has to be situational and that's what like, and that's the difference, right? Like, yeah, sure, you can fight for yards, but you got to know the situation. Like, if you're fighting for a crucial first down, heck yeah, man. You do what you got to do to get that first down. If you've got the first down, you're in the red zone, you got two guys hanging off you, hey, man, you know, maybe live to see another day. Yeah. And, you know, like, and, and that's kind of that's kind of the difference, right? you gotta, you got to have that situational awareness of where you are, what's going on in the game. You know, at that point, we were, we were losing. It's like, you know... Protecting the ball is, is paramount. Like, like I said before, you know, it, it, I'm not much of a stats guy, but like that, those stats matter. Like the turnover ratio is the one stat that does matter. And and losing that turnover ratio, but that can't, that won't fly this week. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Like if they if they go up five five dozen on the turnover ratio, they're not winning this game. <laughs> like like they that just you know it really just proves how not good Saskatchewan was really. But like that's not going to fly in the Grey Cup. I will tell you that for free. So uh, you know you really got to have that situational awareness this week. Absolutely. Before we tee up the Grey Cup, let's talk a little bit about the other game that uh, that happened. Boy, Toronto Hamilton. It was I think more entertaining off the field than it was on the field, and that says a lot. Uh, what, to, yeah. if anything, did you think of that game, Hamilton? 
uh, rolled, looked pretty good in the second half, looked pretty bad in the first half. And, you know, like you were just saying about Winnipeg, if uh, if Hamilton plays that way in the first half like they did against Toronto, they may be buried by the time it gets to halftime. Like, I don't know if Winnipeg will let Hamilton come back like Toronto did. But what what did you think of that game, and, and what do you think about Hamilton, uh, you know, going into the Grey Cup? Yeah, you know what? It, uh, it was an interesting game, to say the least, with, you know, with Hamilton going down and coming back and Dane Evans going in and, and throwing for 100% completion and passage and stuff and like that. Like, it was it was a crazy game. and uh, But, like, that's kind of it. Like, you know, certainly Winnipeg will not be forgiving like that, like Toronto. Yeah. Like, if they if they go up, they're, like, it's over. And that's, that's kind of the thing. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week and who who they're going to start at quarterback between Dane and, and Mazzoli. They already uh, announced uh, Dane Evans will be the starter. Did and, they? Okay, yeah. yeah. They announced at the coaches' conference uh, this week that Dane is going to start. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if they end up rotating Mazzoli in mm-hmm. or or like what's the deal there kind of thing. And uh, because that'll be you know that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on because they're both very capable quarterbacks. You know what I mean? But yeah. they both bring different kind of assets to the table. So you know they're. They're a good team, and if they get off to a slow start, it's not going to be good for them. I'll tell you that. But uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't really suspect they will. I think with Dane, if Dane's starting, they'll, they'll they're going to come out guns ablaze. And that guy's kind of a he's a gunslinger, and he's athletic. He's probably one of the more athletic QBs that the uh, Blue Bombers have seen in a while. He, I think he's he's quite a bit more athletic than uh, uh, Cody Fajardo. And the the problem with Dane is he's. Uh, He's not just athletic on his feet, but he's you know he can run and pass a deep bomb on the run too. So uh, he can kind of he can kind of throw like throw some versatility into it too. It's not like he's just gonna you know run around and then throw like a, a three yard dump pass. It's like no, he'll run around and throw like a thirty yard bomb kind of oh, thing. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting uh, one to to watch, and I think. Uh, it'll be good because he's still pretty young. You know, he's a still a pretty young guy, and uh, we'll see if the nerves kind of get to him at all and see if the, the Blue Bombers defense can kind of get up early and uh, get some turnovers on him quick and, and, and fluster him. But, uh, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting to watch and see, you know, what happens with their quarterback kind of carousel. Yeah, because, like, uh, Steinhauer has proven he's not afraid to pull a guy if he's not. If Evans goes out there and, you know, throws – uh, a couple of picks, throws some dying quails and some ducks around. Like he will pull him, and he'll go with Mazzoli without a second thought. Like it's the Great Cup. Feelings at this point do not matter. The future does not matter. This game is what matters, right? It, well, that's exactly it, right? And uh, you know, and and so it's 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 interesting because sometimes teams react positively to that, uh, and sometimes they react extremely negatively to that. So uh, that that whole that whole scenario. Uh, will be very interesting to watch unfold uh, come come Sunday because that's uh, that'll be uh, that that's basically what's going to make or break the game. I think is that is the, their QB position for them uh, and and kind of the carousel they have going on will will be will be kind of what what sets sets the tone for them because if if it's crumbling then you know like see you later Hamilton you know, yeah that nothing. If they can't get that figured out, then you know it's it, it's as good as done for them. But if they uh, they do get it figured out, it, it'll be a, it'll it sure will be an interesting one. 
That's for sure. And again, like just looking, I know you hate looking at stats, but uh, just yeah. the way that Hamilton kind of spread the ball around from, uh, you know, four different guys getting carries to uh, every receiver again touching the ball, similar to the Bombers. Offensively, it looks like they have very similar kind of numbers. And uh, it, it may come down to a battle of the defenses, and you probably would give the edge uh, to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, would you not? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. The uh, Blue Bombers' defense is, is, you know, more well-rounded, especially in the secondary. And I know there was a lot of questions about the secondary earlier in the year uh, with, you know, these guys being newer and things like that. But uh, I feel like they kind of put those questions to rest throughout the year because, it's you know, it's, it's pretty obvious how how good these guys are, right? So there, there really aren't too many gaps in the Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense. And, and not to say that there really are in the Tiger Cats defense, but uh, it's I would say it's not as well-rounded as the Blue Bombers. And, you know, the, the Tiger Cats defense, they have a, an amazing front seven. There's no question about it. Their D-line and linebacker core are very, very good. Uh, but their, their DBs, I would question a little bit more than I would question the, the Blue Bombers DBs. So... Uh, so I, I would give the edge certainly to the Blue Bombers defense, but that's not saying that the you know that's not saying the Tiger Cats don't have a very good defense. You know what I mean? Jagera Davis is a very good football player on yep. the defense end. You know what I mean? Like Simone Lawrence, he's a, he, I, I do not like him whatsoever, but he's a good middle linebacker. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And there's Jovan Santos Knox. I played with that dude on Winnipeg, and he's also a very good linebacker. You know, like. They they have uh, you know Dylan Wynn they they have they have guys yes. like they have a good front seven like they're a good defense um, is ours better yes but that doesn't mean theirs isn't good right absolutely it's it's going to be the two best teams are facing off in the Grey Cup this year and I think that's what you can hope for every year I would say the two best teams are facing off well yeah that's exactly it right sometimes it's like. Sometimes it's like, oh, man, like the Grey Cup was kind of in the West Final, you know, especially when it was like us playing uh, like Calgary and stuff like that a couple years ago. Yeah. Because we we were easily the two best teams, and then they'd go play to like the 9-9 nine and nine Toronto Argos or whatever and somehow lose. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, sometimes it's like the West Final is the Grey Cup. Or, yeah. Or the East final, like the the it goes both ways. There were some years that the Argonauts were just running through teams, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, like when, exactly. when the conference finals, the Grey Cup, and then the the big game itself is a formality. I don't think anybody really likes that. No, exactly right. Yeah, it's kind of like when it's not as it's not as exciting, right? Yeah. When that's supposed to be the biggest event of the year. Yeah, so. and there's a big difference between underdog and Cinderella story. Like, like let's not get that confused. Like uh, Hamilton could is probably considered an underdog, but they're not a Cinderella story like Montreal maybe would have been. But there there is a difference between underdog and Cinderella, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, Cinderella stories like really kind of like they're coming from the ashes and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some like crazy thing. Underdog is like, hey, yeah, like you just were like slated as not having like a very good team, um, and you're kind of like fighting your way to the top. Uh, but you didn't really have to go through like turmoil of like your your star quarterback getting hurt first game of the season, your owner 
quitting and you know like that, that yeah the head coach getting that. fired the coordinators going maybe your quarterback yeah. goes to a raptors game randomly like there's certain things that exactly. could be stacked against you exactly yeah so cinderella and another dog are very different you know things um so i think i think the most interesting thing about this game is it's almost identical to the 2019 gray cup yep except it's reverse yep it's that's the only difference in 2019, Hamilton was 15 and three. They had 15 CFL All Stars. They they crushed us in the regular season. They you know they they everyone was talking about how this Hamilton Tiger Cat team was the best to ever play in the CFL. Blah blah blah. It was it was Hamilton this, Hamilton that. We were the underdogs. All this other garbage. And and this year. I can't believe no one really picked up on it, but it's literally the exact same thing. Yep. There's no difference except we just flipped. Now we're the top dog and they're the underdog. And I'm just like, man, we literally had almost identical win percentages except flipped. I'm like, how is like how is no one catching the story that like and like and not but like not only that, like you know, we all saw how that played out for Hamilton in the Grey Cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all like we came out and beat Hamilton into the ground from like the first snap, and all anyone could ever talk about how it was how amazing that Hamilton team was. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, just because they're amazing during the regular season doesn't mean they're gonna be amazing in the Grey Cup, right? And I think that's something that you know we should all remember. Uh, for like as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you yeah. know, like if you forget if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. And that's kind of like that, you know. That's kind of exactly what I feel like might be going on here, where I'm like, hey guys, like, you know, like this isn't this isn't so far off. Like this was like two years ago, guys. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so, so. my question would be because I've seen before we get into what happened after that, um, Allo, or sorry, that uh, Argonauts Hamilton game. Because we do have to get into it a little bit at least. Of um, the Bombers are, are, and again, rightfully so, walking around with those gray cup rings. I've, I've seen it a few times. Like the, the photos, the guy's got the big, you know, beautiful ring. You, you know what it is. Like you've got one. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm sure Hamilton's seeing that and, uh, they got to feel like they had the ring taken off their finger. Is that something that maybe, uh, Hamilton uses as like bulletin board material or does that even matter right now? Because like they know what they have to do. Yeah, I, I mean, it'll it'll be. I'm sure it'll be talked about on Hamilton's side, and and they'll use it as motivation for sure. Like that, uh, they they kind of they kind of pick and what they can you know use as motivation and and good coaches, which you know Orlando Steinhauer, you know I've only heard amazing things. It's, I've never been coached by him, but you know I've heard he's. I have friends on the team, and and I heard he's a he's a really great coach and uh, very motivational, and and I'm I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be using things like that to to motivate his guys because because I I you know like you know I said I said it I've said it a ton before like you know if if I was you know if I was on Hamilton in 2019 I'd probably still be playing football because I'd be pissed <laughs> I'd be pissed you know we were we were 15 and three we got to the Grey Cup lost and then couldn't play football for almost two years like yeah I'd be super pissed like that would be terrible. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of guys on that Tiger Cat team who lost in the Grey Cup in 2019 
who feels literally that exact same way. You know what I mean? Yep. So uh, I'm sure they're using, you know, kind of all of that as, as motivation uh, this week because right. they, you know, because they did. You know, they, they didn't get screwed. You know, the better best team wins. But, uh, you know, given the circumstances and the pandemic, they kind of got screwed after the fact. You know what I mean? They didn't get, they didn't get that true redemption uh, after the fact. So this is kind of the redemption and it's two years in the making. So uh, it'll be, it'll be uh, interesting to see how they, they respond. Yeah, it really will. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we don't have to wait like two weeks. I'm glad that we get to see the game on Sunday. And it's it's going to be awesome. I know uh, all the media is down there. The team has already gone down there. It's kind of custom customary for the team to go down a few days earlier than they normally would, right? Because like the, it's a whole the Grey Cup is a is a pretty big hubbubaloo all the all the way leading up to the game, right? Yeah, it, it honestly kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine because like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of more fanfare perhaps than maybe needs to be, but. Why? Why does? Why would you say that it sucks? It well, like, so it's great, but it sucks because like it's it's great that you go down early. Like, a hundred percent agree with that. Like, especially if the games like like in twenty nineteen for the Tiger Cats, uh, they had to cross two time zones. You know, you you don't want to show up the day before a, a game crossing two time zones. Like that's you know that's not. That's all good, especially you know with the weather change and the high altitude. You want to get there there a couple of days early, and um, so you know, so like I 100% agree with kind of getting out there early and so you can do your thing and get adjusted. Uh, but you know, it's it's, it's kind of hard to enjoy the week during the Grey Cup week because there's just, it's so structured and everything is so uh, like. It's almost like military style structured, yeah. Where it's like you wake up, yeah, you gotta be there. You gotta be there at like you know seven in the morning to do this, and then you have media at you know eight thirty, and then at right at nine thirty, you gotta be in a meeting room, and it's just like everything's so structured uh, that it's like, man, you you don't even have like a second to really breathe during that entire week. So uh, you know, it, it kind of. It kind of just like sucks because like you just want to like take it in and enjoy it, but like everything's so like like okay now you're doing this, okay now you're doing this, okay now you're doing this, okay now <laughs> it's just like <laughs> all right, well like you know like it, especially for me like it's in Hamilton, I'd be like hey could like I go see my family I haven't seen in like three years like that'd be cool like you know what I mean like and, like Guelph's right like you know Guelph's like twenty minutes away like hey could I shoot down to Guelph and it's like no you can't no. <laughs> and it's just like oh, okay like. <laughs> Sick. I didn't want to see my family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just so structured that, like, and like, I get it. They don't want guys messing around. They, like, it's it's a very important game. It's yeah, for a week. But you know, at the same time, like, we're adults. You know what I mean? Like, it. I don't know. Like, it's it's yeah. But it's like, really, like, just, it only takes one guy to ruin it, right? Like, well, yeah. One That's, one altercation, one incident, especially in this world that we live in now, with you know, guys can't even go to a Raptor game. Without uh, you know a big hubbub coming up, so oh, I know. it's nuts. Uh, I wish I almost wish that uh, that we could have talked more about that than we have to talk about this though. Is uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats fans clashed with Argonauts players? And I'm just getting this off of uh, CBC the website. The CFL says it's reviewing what led to an altercation between Argonauts players and Hamilton Tiger Cats fans after Sunday's East Division final. Lots of stuff kind of going back and forth, uh, fingers being pointed in each direction. 
what did you take away from from what's come out about this altercation and and what are your thoughts uh, now knowing what we know you know a couple days after everything went down there's just so much to like unpack with this entire situation and uh, like it's just so insane and 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 like listen like I get it I like I get that fans can be terrible. One time when we were playing in, in Hamilton, someone was making fun of my mom for having breast cancer. Like, listen, I get that fans say some pretty crazy things to players, but, like, we were kind of talking about it in the group chat. It's like, but it comes with the territory. Like, if you don't like it, not saying it's all right, and I'm not saying that, like, fans should be allowed to say these things, but, like, it kind of comes with the territory of being a pro athlete. Like, if you don't like it, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, if you wanted it, everything to be peaches and cream all the time, like, you're probably not in the right line of business because that's just not the reality of what we do. You know, there's a lot of things coming out that saying that they said, like, you know, some racial slurs and stuff like that. Obviously, very against that. Like, I like, do not condone that behavior by fans in the slightest, and they should one million percent be thrown out and never allowed back in the stadium for that. But, like, at the same time, you can't go into the stands and start throwing haymakers. Like, that's not, like, how society works, like, at all. Like, yeah, if they're, if they're saying things you don't like, you go to security and you get them thrown out. That's how the world works. Like, it's just – it that's just the world we live in. You know what I mean? Like, you can't – like, if someone says something, you know, like so, like someone made fun of me for my mom having cancer, I didn't just go put him in the hospital. It's like, you can't, you can't do those things. And, and, then, and then not only that, then you see the – there's a video of the VP of Player Affairs. And if this dude doesn't go, get fired, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, but he, he's thrown out homophobic slurs at fans. Like, I don't – and he pushed a woman. Like, dude, I don't care what was said. You – absolutely cannot be doing that like you one you pushed a woman then you threw out homophobic slurs what like what in the world were you thinking and you know he he ended up getting clocked in the head twice for it which was you know very satisfying to see but it absolutely not can you do those things you know and that's the whole reason the cops and security are there and yes it did look like security probably didn't handle it the greatest because there was some crazy stuff going on. But um, that whole situation just got so out of hand. But, you know, as players, like, you absolutely cannot react like that. That is not because not only – and here's the thing. Here's the worst part about all of this is this has been picked up by every major – this got picked up by TMZ. This is like the complete opposite attention that the CFL needs. And not only that, like, this has the potential, this literally has the potential for MLSE to, like, be like, hey, no, we're not, we're not, we don't want to own the Argos anymore. This is, like, a massive liability. Yep. And if, like, everyone's like, you know, I've seen, I've seen some people being like, oh, yeah, good riddance, we'll finally get rid of the Argos, they're an embarrassment anyway. Like, no, like, what do you mean? We're a nine-team league. Getting rid of any team is a huge knock for the league. But not only that... Toronto is where all the corporate and advertising dollars come from. All the advertisers want the TSN advertising deals for the Toronto market. 
if we lose Toronto, the CFL folds. It's as simple as, like, as much as it's amazing that Saskatchewan and Winnipeg sell out 30,000, you know, 30,000 seats in the stands and everything, no one cares. It does not keep the CFL afloat. It's the TSN deal because of Toronto that does. And I fans hate to hear it, but it's just the simple fact of the matter is that's what keeps the CFL afloat. And without them, the CFL is screwed. So this has the potential to screw a lot of people over. And I think that's the bigger fact of the matter in all of this, is that like it, this, this could be very bad for a lot of people. And, and you know, it, it, we'll see how the CFL responds. We'll see how MLSE responds. Um, anything short of, you know, especially getting rid of that, that, that VP guy, is going to be is I don't know I, I don't I don't know what what they can really do but like this this is a this is a very bad situation to be in and then and then you know I, and I saw and not only that but I saw the video before McLeod Bethel Thompson pushing a camera guy to the ground yeah bro what are you doing like the guy's doing his job that's literally physical assault like imagine imagine I went into my uh, my finance job and I just pushed some guy to the ground in the office. Or, like, I came to the radio station and pushed you down. Like, bro, you can't do that. That's literally assault. Like, like the guy is literally doing his job. Like, again, if you don't like it, don't be a professional football player. Yeah. It's like, it's literally your job is to be on camera. I don't care if you're emotional. Like, that's a, like that, that doesn't matter. It's like, it's literally your job is to be on camera. You don't like it, do something else. Like, that's just, like, the simple fact of the matter. And just, like, absolutely atrocious to see that happen on, like, on so many levels. And it's it's not like Bethel Thompson didn't know it was going to happen. Like, you know, as a, as, if, if you lose as a quarterback, they're coming to you. If you lose the game, they're, they're going to you. And well, people want to exactly. see the misery more than they want to see the elation of the other team. So you know they're getting right up in your face, and that's something you have to just kind of, like you said, you have to just swallow it. Yeah, you just you, you go you go shake hands with the other quarterback, yep. and you run off the field. Yeah, and just get out of there. What you gotta do? Yep. Yeah, it's thirty seconds of your life, dude. Instead, you chose to physically assault an, an, a, a man doing his job. Yeah, like, and now that's your label. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely unacceptable behavior. That's like you you can't do that. Yep. You absolutely cannot do that. And and you know it's just it's so upsetting to see because like, because like I said, it's just like, it's just the exact opposite of what the CFL needs. Absolutely. Exact. That entire situation. And, and it's coming all coming from one, one organization too. You know, it was, it was you know, and it's just like, man, and it's, and it's, and it, and you know, that that's going to be the big story this week. That's going to be all over instead of, you know, instead of this whole uh, gray cup rematch, Blue Bombers versus Tiger Cats, that's all being marred now because of this. And it's, it's it sucks. You know, yep. it, it sucks to see because it, it this is absolutely not helping grow the game of football in Canada. No, and I, I do kind of keep track of, of what's going on across, you know, all the leagues. And there's a lot of other sports news going on between the MLB lockout, what happened between the Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets. Got a lot of airtime. This, uh, I think, with it being Toronto, it yes, like MLSE, I think, is almost looking for an excuse to dump the Argos. 
and this may be it, and then that's a whole different uh, a whole different ball game. But uh, if it was Toronto that won the game, and then this happened, I think it would be very different because they would be asked about it all week leading up. But because Hamilton won and no real Hamilton players were involved in anything, it was their fans, it maybe gets quieted down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that hopefully, you know, that, that's kind of the hope that that would be, um, you know, it won't really affect Hamilton too much and, you know, it won't be as big of a story because of it. Um, but, yeah, certainly it would be a lot bigger if it was, it yeah. either involved Hamilton fans or if Toronto had one and it was Toronto players that were kind of doing it, right? So Yeah, because, again, like, uh, then it's brought up over and over again and, and it's just kind of thrown back in the player's face and then... No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least this way they can kind of go and hide and just kind of wait and see what kind of happens after the investigation. Uh, one yeah, more, well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. one more thing on this uh, and then we'll move on, but... Uh, Security for the Grey Cups always ramped up anyway, but do you think they have something where they, they cover the visitors' tunnel leading to the locker room from the field, or, or do you think that they just have way better security for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Sunday? Uh, well, it's it's usually pretty ramped up. Like, you know, they usually have, like, RCMP officers there. Like, yeah. I remember I remember at the, the Grey Cup, there was literally, like, RCMP officers, like, everywhere. So, you know, like if these guys, you know, if these if these guys want to pull some stuff there, like, you know, go for it. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. whatever. Like, <laughs> like I I remember I remember the Grey Cup being pretty uh pretty amped for for security because uh you know, something something bad happening in that at the Grey Cup is not like that's like a very bad look, you know yeah, what I mean? So Absolutely. Um so I'm I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll reinforce security as well, but like in general there's already so much like there's like there's even like army guys there and stuff like that like it's so like it's so like it's such a production yep oh yeah there's so much like there's so much money like in the infrastructure in the equipment in the uh you know just like the gray cup alone like the history behind it like there's just so much money involved in this production that the security at these events is already so insane that uh, I'm not like I'm not too worried about it next week, and you know we'll we'll see we'll see what if they do anything about you know what fans are allowed to say to players. Uh, that'd be nice to see change because you know like I said it you know shouldn't just be allowed you know players are human beings too yep. shouldn't just be allowed to say certain things to players nope. without getting kicked out. You know, Absolutely, like that, uh, that's certainly not uh, not that shouldn't be allowed. So Absolutely, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, two quick rapid-fire things before we get into uh, prediction for the Grey Cup. Uh, retweet or delete and a, a little bit more about what you got up to prior to the Bomber game. So just two quick rapid-fire things. One of, this, uh, one of the things I've been wondering all year, with the cameras on the field so close to the players, are players instructed to watch their language? I know that sounds kind of stupid and it's kind of a, a ridiculous question to ask, but I was just thinking about it because you hear a lot of chatter on a football field and not a lot of cussing compared to what I thought there would be. Are you guys told at the beginning of the year or throughout the year to watch your language when the cameras are around? Uh, it depends what camera. Like if it's the camera, like if if you're referring to the camera on the sideline, that's um, like in your like if you get like a touchdown or yeah. a pick and the camera's right in your face. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you're like they're like don't swear into the camera you'll get fined. Yeah. Uh, things like that. Like if you're like, especially if you're directly talking into the camera, 
Yes, 100%. Like, that's your, your instruction not to. When you're on the field, it's a different story, uh, and there's a lot of swearing on the field, and I'm <laughs> surprised it doesn't get picked up more. We actually, uh, we actually went viral once because we were specifically instructed to swear on the field because the CFL and TSN were trying out this new thing where they, like, would broadcast our, um, like, our plays for some reason. Like, I remember uh, that. Yeah, like, they, they broadcasted the the quarterback cadence, and uh, it was with Lapalise, and, and Lapalise is like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. That's literally absurd. That's literally letting every other team know our cadence. <laughs> so we switched our cadence that week to, like, the F word and then Bieber or something like that. Um, and we literally, yeah, we literally went viral for it uh, because they still broadcasted it, which was ab- absurd on yeah. their end. Like, um, and we just did it all game. We're just like, hey, hey you go ahead. If you guys want to broadcast it, it's, it's your problem, not ours. Exactly. But, uh, That's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. So, so like, it, yeah, it just kind of depends. Like on the field, like, you, you do whatever you want, as long as as long as uh, you know. Like, there's you're not allowed to swear at a player. Uh, you're not allowed to say uh, certain things to to players as well. Uh, that will that'll get you a 15 yard penalty. Yep. Things like that. But if you're just like if you're just like you know fighting through, and then you kind of just like say the f word or something like that, like that, like no one cares. Like yeah. there, there's quite there's quite a bit of swearing on the field. Um, but uh, yeah, directly into a camera. They, you'll you'll get fined for it. You you'll uh, you'll get a couple thousand dollars fine for that. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I figured. But I was just thinking because the the play cam kind of trails the quarterback, and you pick up you know certain sentences. And I was just wondering, do they uh, do they instruct you guys not to cuss when the cameras are around or in big games? But I guess again, that'd be kind of hard to police, I would imagine. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, you know, like we're, you know, especially in the heat of the moment and 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 things like that. It's just like, man, that that's tough. That's you. You got you're you're tired. You're not thinking straight anyway. Yeah. You know, the last like, thing you're worried about is what's coming out of your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You're just like you know, you say the f word because you're tired. Like no one, no one's no. And you know, we're all grown men on the field. Like no one, no one cares. Like, exactly. Again, I so, would yeah. probably pay for a specific channel where it was just like real football talk, where you could actually hear all the conversation. I would pay. I would pay more for that, but. uh uh, one more quick rapid-fire question here. Uh, the halftime performance, the Arkells, yay or nay? Excited, not excited, will you be watching the halftime show featuring the Arkells? Huge fan. All Huge right. Fan. I've seen the Arkells in concert. Uh, I went to see them in Buffalo uh, two or three years ago uh, at a little venue with, like, couldn't even fit a 1,000 people in. One of the one of the best performances I've seen. They're, I've been listening to the Arkells since, like my early college days when they were still like some band out of Hamilton. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, I think it's awesome. They got a band from Hamilton to come play. Like, dude, that's it. You know, you're the great cup in Hamilton and you got, uh, like a super famous band from Hamilton to play the halftime show. Like that's cool. You know, like I, I think that's, I think that's great for the league. It's, it's young enough that, uh, you know, it's going to attract younger viewers. Because I mean, like, here's the thing: that's the whole that's the whole point. Like, you know, with the with the like with the NFL, like the Super Bowl show, like 
people always get upset. They're like, oh, why is Beyonce playing the halftime show? I don't care. It's like, bro, it's because it's not for you. Yep. How do you not understand that? It's like they're trying to get the younger generation, predominantly like women, uh, more involved in sports because that's what's going to grow the sport. They don't care about you. They're going to watch regardless. Yeah. Like, and, the, and that's kind of the thing. And I don't know if the CFL was thinking that far ahead because, well, it's the CFL. But, um, <laughs> but it, is, it is young enough that, like, people, you know, my age, our age, like, I'm 28, you know, like, young, the younger generation, maybe not, like, you know, the 14-year-olds are listening to this, but, you know, the, the early 20s are. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it, it'll get them kind of a little bit more involved in the game, too. You know, it's not like... You know, it's not like they, they picked, I don't know, like, even even when they picked, like, who was it, like, Celine Dion a, a couple years ago? Shania was Twain like, was one of them, Shania too. Twain. Yeah. And I was just like, I was she, like, don't get me wrong. She came out on a dog it. sled. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I love that. But, like, you know, that, like, you're appealing, you're appealing to the older crowd. Like, sure. That's not really who we should be appealing to, right? No, and you're, like, you're, like you said, they're appealing to people that are already watching the game. Like, yeah. You're not bringing anybody new in, but like you said, early 20s kids, especially in Ontario, are going to want to watch the Arkells on that big stage with the big production behind them. Well, exactly, right? And, you know, do I think they should have got Justin Bieber instead, even though, hey, it's all, like I'm not saying I like Justin Bieber. I'm not a believer. Do I think they should have <laughs> got him instead? Absolutely. That would have been, you know, way bigger for getting, you know, the CFL out there. But uh, I'm sure they did not want to spend that kind of money on him. Yeah, he so they, would be probably pretty expensive, I imagine. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But at the same time, it's you gotta you gotta weigh that. You know, you're you're either trying to grow the game or not. Yeah. You know? And uh, you know, short term loss for long term revenue. It's like you gotta you gotta make that decision. And you know, did you know the Arkells are great. You know, yep. I, I'm I'm happy with the Arkells. You know, I wonder if it was, if it was in Toronto. I wonder if Bieber is the halftime show. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be a that'd be an interesting one, and and uh, like, I think if they do it in Toronto, they should get Drake. <laughs> like, yeah, who's debatably going to be more expensive, but at the same time, like, bro, well, go all you out. Grow the game. You, you got to do it. Go all out. That's get gonna... Drake and the weekend. Yeah, exactly. What well, I do, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if you do that, like, you're, you're having people buy tickets to the game to watch that. Well, exactly. And yeah. you're having, you know, like a lot, you're going to introduce the sport to a lot more people by doing that. Sure, it's going to cost you a couple million dollars. I get it. But like, like I said, you either want to grow the game or you don't. And, you know, like for for these owners, the owner, the guy that owns the Hamilton Tiger Cats is a, is a literal billionaire. Yeah. Like he, he's a literal billionaire. He could alone pay for Drake. MLSE owns the Argos. He's also a billionaire. The the group that owns the Red Blacks also billionaires. Like they can <laughs> afford it. Like I'm I'm sick of hearing that the CFL can't afford things. They can. The owners can. Like they they're choosing not to. Yeah, that's like, the thing. They choose not to. That's a huge yeah. difference. Yep. Right. Like they can afford it. They're choosing not to. So you know, like I'm tired of this narrative that the CFL is poor. Like, bro, they're not poor. Like, they're absolutely not poor. There's literally three billionaires in the group. So, like, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they just don't want to. So it's, like, it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like, you know, like, either put your money where your mouth is 
or stop complaining about the game not growing. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's, Nailed it's it. one or the other. And you know what? You've been right on on a number of topics that way, from guaranteed contracts of players to uh, the lack of you know just entertainment value the CFL puts into its product. Uh, and now with the with the money situation, uh, yeah, you definitely got a pretty good pulse on what's going on there, John. That's for sure. Uh, we've taken up a lot of your time already, but I'm going to still take up a little bit more because we still got some stuff to go through, including uh, the Grey Cup prediction. You had a very solid year predicting scores uh yeah you were i think you were wrong in the eastern final but you got the western final right uh and then of course the only one that i'll ever remember is the oh i think they're gonna lose to bc following <laughs> that up with a 45 nothing win that's the only thing i'm gonna remember out of this whole fun year that we've had that'll be number yeah. one uh what do you think the gray cup is gonna be who comes out on top and what is your score prediction that so do you, I I feel like I was I was close with the 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 Eastern final prediction until Hamilton staged that comeback. Yep. So I kind of I I feel like I got screwed kind of there, but you know uh, the game's sixty minutes; it's not one half, right? So I'll uh, I'll bite the bullet on that one. But uh, uh, and yeah, I I I still have uh, nothing to say about that forty-five. That's absolutely. Nothing. That's say. still my favorite. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go on on a limb here, and I don't wanna, but I think Winnipeg's gonna lose to BC. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. That was bad. I'll be, I'll be the first. <laughs> you know what? You just, I think you outsmarted yourself on that one because you were yeah. just, you were playing the odds, and you're like, you know what? I just, I, I got a feeling, but uh, yeah, no. Anyway, Grey Cup. What do you like? Who do you like, and what, and by what score? Especially with what I saw last week. With like the Blue Bombers turning over the ball five times and still winning, I absolutely can't bet against them. Like I would be, I feel like a fool to bet against them. And it just they—they're just like I feel like they're just too good at this point. They're almost too good for their own. Uh, their own like well-being. So, yeah. Like I, I think, I think, I'm yeah. You know, I'm taking the Blue Bombers. I'm taking the Blue Bombers, and I'm. I think I I think with Dane Evans, I think the I think they'll score some points. Like I think Hamilton will score some points. Like they're pretty good. So I'm thinking it's going to be probably like thirty-one to twenty-one for the Blue Bombers. Because you know, I I don't think Hamilton's just going to roll over in this game. No, uh, you know what I mean. And uh, I think they I think they do pretty good here. Um, but I still think that uh, Winnipeg comes out on top because they are they're just they're just too good. I think it's just watching them play. You know what they do, their game plans, how they're how they're coached. It just. It's just absurd yep. to me. It's just absurd. So, it's going to be you know, a great game, though. Like that is, it's it's almost guaranteed to be a great game. And uh, weather-wise, right now it says a mix of sun and cloud with a high of plus four expected for Sunday in Hamilton. So that'll be uh, a good thing. They won't have to play like uh, they won't have to play through what they did against Saskatchewan. I think both teams would like that. Uh, a couple of quick things here before we let you go. I want to wish uh, you a big congratulations. You teamed up with uh, Manitoba Great Pyrenees Rescue, raised over twenty two hundred dollars 
uh, taking photos in a Santa suit with dogs. It's like your dream come true, John. You got to hang out with dogs all day and raise money. Uh, just what was that event like, and what was your day like with all those wonderful pups? Yeah, oh, it was it was so much fun. Uh, it was it was crazy. We got through sixty five different dogs, which was uh, it was an absurd amount of dogs. It, like I did not think we were going to get that many people coming out. So it was uh, it was a good time, and it, you know, getting home after the fact, it was it was I was in a little bit of trouble with Bone and Bailey. They wouldn't look at me for a bit because they're like, "What? What's going on? Why do you smell so so much like other dogs? What's going on here?" So they were a little bit upset about that, but uh, it was a really great event, and you know, I, I had so much fun doing it and and raising money. It was it was just such a great way to you know be able to raise money for you know for other people. And for for a really great rescue here in Winnipeg that uh, uh, that needs it, and it was just such a, a great way to do it, you know, just being able to dress up and uh, and see some dogs. It was funny; everyone kept everyone would come in, and be like, you know, oh, how's it going? I'd be like, I'd be like, living the dream. It was, <laughs> it, it was actually true, you know what I mean? Like most people say it facetiously. I was, you know, I was actually being like, no, this is literally my dream. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is literally the best day of my life. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and you know, I. I I'm always blown away with how uh, supportive this community is, uh, which is, you know, which is always great to see. You know, you love to see it. And, um, you know, we really couldn't, really couldn't do these things without the support of the community, right? Like the, when I, when I uh, wore the wedding dress for my wedding vaccination and raised like $13,000, like, you know, those, those things just don't happen. You know, like it, it, I didn't do like, everyone's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, good job for doing that. I'm like, I didn't do that. It was the community. Like I didn't, I didn't be, take out thirteen thousand dollars from my bank account and be like here donating it. Like no, it's the community, and you know without the community, uh, you know it, it's we don't we don't have that. So it's just really, really great to see how awesome the community is here, and you know how supportive they are of all these initiatives. That is really really well put, and again, it's such a such a really great cause, and uh, you know there's going to be a lot more opportunities for people to donate down the line. Uh, just again, give us the the rescue and and how maybe people can go and find it. Yeah, the the rescue we supported on the weekend was the Manitoba Great Pyrenees Rescue. Uh, they're on uh, Instagram as the you just look up Manitoba Great Pyrenees Rescue and they'll pop up. Uh, they're a really great rescue right now. They're actually on an intake hold because their vet bills are so high. So um, if you if you can. Uh, they they have a donation link on their website. You can just Google Manitoba Great Pyrenees Rescue as well, and uh, you know search them up and and donate because they're uh, it's it's a struggle right now in Manitoba as we all know with uh, the weather you know changing and the the temperatures dropping. It uh, it's difficult for us humans, but it's even more difficult for the dogs that are are don't have a home and that are left out in this weather full time. Right, so. Um, that this is this is kind of the critical time right now that where a lot of rescues do need uh, that additional support and those additional funds to kind of save those dogs and uh, and get get them a you know a better life. Absolutely, uh, I've made a mistake and gone through your Twitter, and now I want to bring up a few of your <laughs> tweets because uh, retweet or delete is definitely one of my new favorite segments, and I'm so bummed that we only found out about this later in the year and started doing it but there's a few that i want to get to so i hope you'll bear with me for a little bit of time yet 100 percent. excellent all right uh from a couple of days ago at john rush 32 on twitter a verified account i will add uh 
says, I'm a proud FaceTime in public person. Retweet or delete? Retweet, 100%. I love FaceTiming. And I FaceTime every time I go to the grocery store, I'm FaceTiming somebody. That is the every worst. Oh, that's the I, worst. Zero regrets. Absolutely zero regrets. I love it. I, it gives me something to do while I'm shopping because I like to grocery shop for a couple hours. So, <laughs> well, you're grocery I, shopping. That's what you're doing. You don't need to be doing multiple things. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, I love FaceTime. I love to talk to people when I'm uh, when I'm doing other things. It just it's it it makes it more enjoyable, especially now because I grocery shop by myself. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like normally if I was grocery shopping with someone else, I wouldn't. But uh, if I'm gro- if I'm going by myself, I, I'm 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 on FaceTime. On FaceTime, hitting people up, seeing what they're doing, seeing what their day is like. I love it. I love it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk to random people in the grocery store. That's weird. <laughs> Wait, okay. So, do you have headphones in your phone then, or is it just like the phone is out and you've got it in like selfie mode and you're walking around? Like, just take us through what you look like walking through the grocery store while you're FaceTiming someone. It's like fifty-fifty if I have headphones or not. Uh, it just all depends on whether whether I remember them that time or not, uh, which is your super hit or miss. So, um, but I will, will say that it's always in selfie mode, and I'm usually pushing a cart, walking around with it. Uh, kind of, I'm kind of like hunched over the cart with it right in my face, and I'm just kind of like picking up things and chatting with. So it's usually like my brother or my mom or my sister or someone, and uh, just chatting away and seeing what they were doing that day. And you know, I, I work all day, and, and so you know, whenever I get some free time, I, I like to you know FaceTime some people and see what they're up to and uh, catch up on life. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's my, uh, you know, that's my, that's, you know, that's my free time. So I, I, I love it. And you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not changing that. That's a, that's a, a hard retweet too. <laughs> retweet or delete at John rush 32 on Twitter. Um, all right. I'm just going to say it. All of these grown men trying to emulate Chris, Stev- uh, Chris Strevler is weird. Retweet or delete. Uh, retweet. I find it very odd um, <clears throat> that and don't like, this isn't a knock on Chris. I love Chris. Uh, you know, he he was awesome. He was awesome to play with. He was an un- unbelievably good teammate. He was um, awesome, solid dude. I, I like. I get it. But it this this whole people like emulating him like dressing the same as him and then like trying to act the same as him and it's like always other like grown men that are doing it i'm like you, like this is kind of weird you, this is this is a little bit odd you know what i mean and i'm like you know everyone's allowed to do whatever they want but like at the same time i'm kind of sitting here like this is like if if other people were doing this to me i'd be like hey can you guys just like do your own thing like like i'm like i'm just trying to do my own thing like i like this, this seems this seems weird to me and like i understand you know uh, what it, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, et cetera, et cetera. But it gets, it doesn't make it any less weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I still think it's a like a, a, a weird thing that people do. And you, you want to do it on Halloween? Sure, cool, funny, haha. I get it. You know, it's a very it's trendy. It's on point. It's Chris Trevler was just here. Do it on Halloween. But you know, if you're kind of doing it in the middle of the year, like you're, I'm yeah. kind of just like that's a little. 
And you know that there's going to be at least somebody in a fur coat and and hat come Grey Cup. You just you know, oh, and they're going to get on TV for doing it. You just know it. Well, yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. It's just like okay, it's like like you guys just in you know you just want the attention, right? Like so, it's kind of like okay, yeah. It's, it's just kind of weird. It, yeah. It just it, it just wears me out. And, and I'm sure some somebody's going to be like, oh yeah, well you're a, you're a social media influencer. You just want attention too. And I'm like, have you seen my social media? I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't do anything for attention. I post pictures of my dogs and say stupid things. Like, yeah, like you I, you are a horrible baker and you cannot do latte art and it's it's just hilarious. <laughs> like, well, like, well, exactly. Like <laughs> the fact that people give me attention, I think, is more shocking than anything else. Like, yes. It's, like it's like, dude, I don't do this for attention. I just somehow got the attention. Yep. Like, and you do good with it now that you got it. Like you raised over twenty two hundred dollars for for a charity. You're going to do more events in the future. The fact that people, you know, I would I would like to see you do a bake sale. Personally, I would uh, I'd like to see you do a bake sale. <laughs> oh, man. cooking with co- you know cooking with John Rush. I'd like to see you know somebody you get to go in the kitchen with you and and ha- and cook with you. I would like to see that. That would be that would be something actually. That would be a <laughs> that would be a an, an event to say the least. I actually I actually want to figure out uh, how to live stream like Twitch. Um, you know, and, and this is this is the other funny thing when people like accuse me of, of being like an influencer and an, and an intention person. I'm like, bro, I'm the worst influencer. I don't know how any of this works. Like, I'm trying to figure out Twitch and how these guys do it and i'm still trying to figure it out and i don't i don't get it in the slightest i just it just one like it just doesn't make sense to me and like i cuz i what i want to do is uh, i don't know if you've seen my the setup in my basement with my peloton bike yeah oh yeah it's not it's not actually a peloton bike <laughs> no. it's like a super cheap talk off <laughs> uh, which is amazing by the way <laughs> yeah, with, the, but, with the tv on the wall so yeah, you can pretend yeah. like it's a pel yeah i love that Genius, right? Yeah, so, genius. Um, That's one word for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but so I want to, I want to like live stream um, a charity event where I do like something on the bike where I, I don't know, like I do like the Tour de France on the bike, and people can tune into the live stream and donate, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't get it. Like I don't get how it works, and I'm like, I'm struggling so much to figure it out, and I'm just like. I think I think the next thing I think the next thing it's got to be like you got to go for, like either Twitch or a YouTube channel. I think uh, I think a YouTube channel could do you well. Yeah, I think like that's the thing. Like I think I just got to start following myself more. Just like struggling to get through life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> just like like all these other influencers, like their feeds are like so perfect and like curated, and then it's just me, and I'm just like an absolute disaster, <laughs> like fumbling to open up cheese packages. <laughs> your dogs like, have overtaken your bed. Like your, yeah, your life like, is just a a circus. I'm sleeping on the couch because my dogs kicked me out of my bed. Like dead. <laughs> Uh, absolute walking disaster it's amazing i love it i love it and follow him on instagram at john rush 5 on twitter at john rush 32 i still got a few more tweets uh so bear with me here but uh i do want to ask you to retweet or delete a tweet that you didn't actually make but i texted it to you yesterday uh from from john hodge chris streveler is an exceptional player and would make any cfl team better he is not a starting quarterback that after reports that paul lapolis 
wants to bring Chris Streveler in to start for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Which part of that whole thing that I just said is more ridiculous? Paul Lapolis wanting Chris Streveler to start for Ottawa or the fact that this John guy says he's not a starting quarterback? Uh the fact that John said he wasn't a starting quarterback, especially in the CFL, especially given the current climate. Um, and uh, Natea Jay, actually, uh, me and him were having a conversation about it as well. Uh, Natea is a former Toronto Argonauts receiver and uh, current kind of freelance slash. He, I think he might be working a bit with TSN or Sportsnet now, which is good, which is great. Um, but, you know, uh, not surprising that La Police wants to bring in Shreveler, like, at all. Yeah. Like, that Lapo loves Shreveler. Like, uh, you know, I I was there for all of it, and Lapo loves Shreveler. And I played with Shreveler, and Shreveler is a, a, a great quarterback, a great guy, a great teammate. Absolutely does not surprise me in the slightest that uh, La Police would want to bring him back. Whether, you know, whether Chris wants to come back from the NFL, even if he's only on a practice roster, uh, you know, it's a whole, you know, a whole other, you know, scenario kind of ball game that we like. So, like, a lot of this is just a lot of speculation whether or not Chris would actually ever come back, especially not to the Blue Bombers and especially to an organization that might not be in the greatest position right now. Um, who, like, who kind of knows? Uh, but that being said, that it doesn't surprise me that La Police wants them for a couple different reasons. Uh, Chris is not only a great athlete, but he's a great brand. He's yeah. going to get, get people in the stands. He's going to sell tickets. He's going to, uh, you know, it, he's a great media guy. He, he, it's a great story. So, like, just from, like, a simple marketing perspective, having Chris Trevler there is uh, good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, it's similar to when the uh, Alouettes brought in Johnny Manziel, which was... Yeah. Uh, kind of similar, but kind of different. Um, like that was clearly just a marketing technique yeah. to get people back in the stands. Argonauts uh, with uh, Ricky Williams. Like exactly. you can, there's a you can go down the list of of the marketing stunts. Like even there was talk of Tim Tebow coming. You know, like exactly. there's there's stunts that people go. But uh, I think Strevler's not a stunt. I think he's a legit. You know, well, he could he could play quarterback in the CFL. Well, that that's exactly it. It's like it wouldn't just be. Like, that's just more of a bonus than anything. Yeah. You know, like, that. Like the fact that, like, he has that marketability is just a bonus. Yeah. Because he actually is, uh, like, a good quarterback. And not only that, like, um, you know, you, you, you look around the landscape in the CFL for quarterbacks right now, uh, aside, from, aside from the already established quarterbacks, like, you know, like, Zach Caleros isn't leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Zach Caleros <laughs> isn't leaving the Blue Bombers. Uh, Trevor Harris just got to uh, Montreal. Uh, Toronto doesn't really have anybody. Nick Arbuckle is super hit or miss. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yep. uh, Bo Levi Mitchell is probably not leaving Calgary. Like, like there's a chance that other, Kevin Glenn, like Kevin Glenn, might get a phone call. Like, yeah, well, that's exactly it, right? It's like, who else do you call? Like, <laughs> who else has? One showing themselves even a little bit, yep. besides maybe Nick Arbuckle, who like you, know, I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not super high on Nick Arbuckle, but other than that, like who else do you call? There's no one. There's yep. literally no one that you can call because all the other established guys are already on team. 
so like everyone's like, oh, what's the thought process? Like, bro, <laughs> look around. What yeah. do you mean? What's the thought process? Like, there's no one else to get. And so it, it, I think the one the one to watch, especially depending on how Dane does this weekend, will be the Dane Evans Jeremiah Mazzoli story. Yeah, like that That'll can free be, up something in the off season for sure. Yeah, yeah. because I'm I if, especially if especially if Dane wins this game. Yep. I can't see him staying on a team as a backup. No, oh like no, that. absolutely I not. I even you think him I'm getting the start in this game says to him and and his representatives that he's not a backup anymore. Like, well, it, oh, exactly. And, and there'll be a team that goes to get him, whether it's Ottawa, Toronto might make a move. Like maybe they they see that Bethel Thompson's not the man to to run their ship. Like there there could be a lot of movement here. If if Dane Evans wants to start the chain reaction, well, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's a different story if he goes out and throws like five picks. And yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. It, right, so <laughs> it, it, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I know, like a hundred percent. Just the simple fact that he got the start is is huge. Yeah. It's a huge step, right? So um, so like that would be the one to watch. But that's one. And look at how many teams need a quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean. Four Edmonton does. Yeah, like you know, almost half the league needs a quarterback. Yeah, like okay, bro. Like who else? So who else are we going to bring in besides Chris Trevler? Yep. Right. But then, you like, know? how do you pay those quarterbacks too? Right. It's like you can go get a quarterback with talent, but then you got to pay them, and some teams cool. won't do it. So exactly. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. So like, so like the fact that La Police wants to bring him in makes a ton of sense, and I. I I don't know how anyone would ever even argue that. No, I bet it's you if you like ask Kyle Walters, he wants to bring him in too. What's that? Like if you if you ask Kyle Walters, I bet you he wants to bring him in too. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure. I guarantee you, when he when Trevler got released, the Blue Bombers called him. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee you. It. Yeah. Like he and and he definitely like O'Shea definitely called him and was just like, "Hey man, what's going on?" You know, like just <laughs> shot. Shot the kind of yeah. shot it with him, right? So Absolutely, I guarantee you. But you know, and then he made the decision to you know stay in the NFL, which for, to me is was the right decision. Yeah, because um, even if he wants to come back in two years, there's still going to be teams that need quarterbacks, and he can still walk in and be effective. Exactly. Yeah. So like, so for me, like I'm sitting here, like it's not like the CFL is overflowing with quarterback talent right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of my like. So, like, when people are questioning this, I'm like, bro, it's not like it was, like, a couple years ago when you had, like, when Kevin Glenn was still playing, when yep. Ricky Ray was still in the league, you know, Matt Nichols yep. and Bo Levi. And, you know, it's not like every team had, like, a very established quarterback, like, yeah. three years ago. Like, half crazy. the league is down a quarterback right now. Yep. So, like, this makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons. So sure, I, don't, and, I don't know why people are arguing it. Yeah, and, and again, it's just like, gee, is the guy, too, turning over every every possible rock, right, to find an answer? And if you're not doing your due diligence on just about anything, even pie-in-the-sky ideas, you're not doing your job in that certain situation. Well, yeah, that's exactly it, right? So it's like, you know, do you, you bring in Chris for, like, a year while you get you know, uh, you know, another quarterback, a younger quarterback to develop. Yeah. And so Chris can get back into the NFL. Like, why not? Yeah. Why would you not do that? Right. Like, like I, like I don't hate that idea. I think that's a great idea because like no quarterback ever comes into the CFL as a first year and does well. 
So why not get Chris for a year or two, let him help develop a younger kid, and then let shoot him back down to the NFL where you know he he would want to be, and and let him do his thing down there, right? That's you know like why would we like why why is that a bad idea? Yeah. <laughs> why are people saying that's a bad idea? Because it came right. out of nowhere, and because it's La Police in Ottawa, and you know if it was Toronto, it'd be different. If it was Winnipeg, it would be different. It just seems that. People maybe don't respect the Ottawa Red Blacks very much, and uh, I think that just kind of caught people off guard, and maybe some are mad that they didn't have that idea first. Yeah, that's fair too, right? Yep. So, let's do so four. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do four more quick ones here. Retweet or delete only because you've had such a bomber week on on Twitter. Uh, Nat King Cole has the best Christmas album, and it's not particularly close. Fire. Retweet or delete. Uh, the, I think that's a tough one because I think the only one I the only I would change it a bit. Because the Muppets Christmas album is actually pretty close. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The Muppets one is also very good. I, I, I did forget about that. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, uh, Nat King Cole is, is the king. Like, I think, and I don't think he's talked about enough. Like, a lot of people talk about, like, Dean Martin and stuff like that, or, you know, Frank, Frank Sinatra. And, but I'm like, no, nah, man. Like, you're not listening to Nat, Nat King Cole over Christmas. Like, if you're picking the Michael Buble album, and don't get me wrong, I love the Michael Buble album. You know, the Christmas album. It's great. Love it. Matt King Cole blows him out of the water. Like, it's not even close. So but, it's more uh, of a, you, you, it's an edit, not a delete. Yeah, it's an edit. It's a, it's a slight edit. And this is, this is exactly why Twitter needs an edit button. Absolutely. Uh, on Twitter at JohnRush32, I just put hand soap on my toothbrush, so that tells you where I'm at mentally. Did you figure it out before you started brushing your teeth? Be honest. I, I, I did because it was way too foamy when it came out. And I, like, as soon as I did it, I'm just like, oh, God, come on, John. <laughs> I was like, why would – I'm just like, what's going on, dude? And I was just like I – was, I was so tired. I, I just didn't – yeah, I just wasn't, like, thinking. And I just, like, pumped the hands open. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and then – but then when I did – when I, I washed it off and I put toothpaste on and everything – what I did, I can still taste this. Oh, my oh. God. This is, this, is, this, is exactly, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So, yeah. Couldn't be happier. Yeah. That might be worth a delete just because uh, yeah. it's tough to admit that. Uh, yeah, last, last two. Why do Americans wear their outside shoes inside the house? All in caps at John Rush 32 on Twitter. Retweet yeah. or delete. I, I'm keeping it. Like, I took a lot of heat for that one, too. You a lot did. Of Americans got pretty upset at me for it. <laughs> But it's like it's like a well-known thing, and like I've seen some TikToks about it. I have a lot of friends that went down to the states for school. Like a lot of Americans, like pretend to that it's not a thing, but like it's a thing. It is very much a thing, and it's like a very odd thing. And like some of the reasons that like these Americans were like saying. I was just like, you can't like actually believe this, can you? Like, <laughs> like some of them are like. Oh, like, it's just so you don't have to, like, you know, uh, constantly take your shoes on and off when you leave the house. I'm like, bro, what? Like, first of all, how often are you coming in and out of your house? (laughs) It's not a come and go tea. You're at your house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, and, and second of all, like, like, pardon? (laughs) Like, like, it takes like 15 seconds to tie your shoes. It's like, it's not like it's, it's not like this is actually very like a very difficult process. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, it, it, it was just it was just very confusing to me. And they're like, 
They're like, oh, do you wash your dog's paws when they get into the house? I'm like, yeah, if they get muddy, I do. Yeah. Like, pardon? Like, you, <laughs> I don't just let my dogs roam through my house with muddy paws. Like, <laughs> I'm confused at your logic on this one, sir. Like, yeah. like, do you know how disgusting, like, the ground is outside? Like, <laughs> I was, like, I was just like some of the some of the reasoning was just very confusing to me. And yeah, I was like, okay, the whole process like, is confusing. Because I remember watching like the sitcoms growing up and wondering like why do everybody just walk around with their shoes on? I don't well, get it. That's the thing. I was like that was like another reason they said they're like they're like oh yeah like in TV shows and movies they always do so like we were just taught that I'm like. Bro, in TV shows and movies they do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> like, <they laughs> not a, a good excuse. Things. Yeah, like that aren't real yes. in those shows. You know that, right? Like TVs <laughs> and movies are not real life. Like I don't do those. Like I don't rob a bank because I saw it in a movie. <laughs> yeah, the Avengers like, are not real. Like, calm yeah, down. Like, like, exactly. Like I don't know how to explain that to you. Like, <laughs> I was just sitting here, like, bro, like, are you guys okay? Like, is America okay? <laughs> Clearly not. I think we know yeah. the answer to that question yeah. as we sit up like, here. Exactly. Oh and... <laughs> right? uh, like, shoot. Last one for you, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, retweet or delete. It's more of an update, because I, I really hope to get some news on this. From at JohnRush32 on Twitter. I just slid into Woody Harrelson's DMs because he's in Winnipeg shooting a movie and asked him to go get vegan food with me. I'll keep y'all posted. Have you heard anything back after sliding into Woody Harrelson's DMs? Hasn't even seen the message. Aww. Didn't even look at it. Just absolutely devastating to me just feathers eh? i just there i don't think there is i i'm not much of a slide into other people's dms kind of guy that's not really my style and this is i I went out on a limb on this one and 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 decided to make myself vulnerable and put myself out there and uh it hurts not gonna lie it hurts it's uh yeah not uh not not ideal to get rejected by uh by another man, but uh, here I am. Now, there's a couple uh, reasons maybe why. Obviously, he's like super famous and probably pretty busy. He could be jealous of your hair. I mean, you guys are kind of polar opposites in that regard. That that's true. He might have taken a look at the profile and been like, you know what? No, this guy's gonna make me look bad. So, yeah. uh, you know what? That does make me feel a bit better. There I you feel go. A bit better but uh, yeah, getting rejected by Woody Harrelson, like not even seeing. The message, but you know what? There's still time. I think he's still around town. I mean, you never know. And he's kind of the cra- like he's a wild card. Like he could be like, yeah, okay, I'll meet you uh, at your favorite vegan restaurant. You know, like. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I when I tweeted out, there were like a bunch of people that had all these like crazy stories about him just like showing up at their like their house or like a party they were in or or something like that. And I'm just like, so like he is, he is a wild card. You yep. know what I mean? Like he just does these things. So I'm like. I'm like, bro, come on. What, what the heck? Yeah. Oh, what's going on? Nothing uh, Nothing would make your day better than having vegan food with Woody Harrelson. Well, exactly, right? So I, I'm all, like, I'm all, like, maybe I'll shoot him another message. There you, yeah, that'll that'll make <laughs> things better. Yep. Just start uh, yeah. just start filling up the inbox because yeah, no, nothing. I'll double yeah, double down. Just double down. Uh, Zombieland yeah. 1 and 2. Excellent, excellent Woody Harrelson movies, by the way. Those, those are oh, really, phenomenal. really good. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal movies. Huge fan. <laughs> John Grey Cup is coming up on Sunday. We'll wrap up with your vegan food idea. Do you have a very special Grey Cup 
uh, meal and uh, like, are you going to be a little bummed out uh, watching that game considering the last time the Grey Cup was played, you were in it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little emotional? <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, emotional? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so, it, it'll be, I mean, like, I'm just like, I was talking to my buddy Thomas about it, and, you know, I'm like, you know, sometimes, like, it sucks because, you know, uh, especially for me, like, I'm just like, man, like, I feel like we could still be doing this. He's like, yeah, that's fair. Like, but like at the same time, like we, we kind of like, we're doing other things with our lives now. Right. So yep. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And, and, it, and, it, and it's great, you know, cause I still know a ton of guys on the team. So I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, more, more so than anything, just happy for them, you know, yeah. like, because I, I got to experience that, you know, I got to do that already. Like I got to experience what it feels like. Uh, and, and, and all the emotions that come with it and, you know, no, understand that feeling. And there are some guys that didn't get to experience that. So uh, just kind of knowing how, how great that feeling is, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy that those guys are kind of getting to experience that again. Absolutely. So uh, what food are you going to be having on Grey Cup Sunday? Because I think you're going to be actually back home watching the Grey Cup, right? No, no, I... Uh... I I don't know what I was thinking, but I didn't book my flights until the week after the Grey oh. Cup. Yeah, uh, like like an absolute chump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, what a fool! Like, what was I thinking? Like, whatever. Uh, I, you, you, maybe you had uh, soap on your toothbrush that day, and you were kind of distracted. Yeah, exactly, one of those days, right? So yeah, I I, I fly home the 18th, and uh, which is literally the week after, which whatever. I, the one good thing I, I'm I'm happy about is at least I'll be here for the parade and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so like that'll be cool. Uh, being on the other side of it, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, I'll I'll be here and I'll, I, I'm thinking I'm gonna make uh, tater tot nachos. Oh, one of, favorites, uh, one of my favorites. So I'm uh, working on some recipes right now for it, but. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm gonna make some tater tot nachos with some vegan sour cream and some vegan queso, and uh, throw some kind of black beans and green onions and some diced tomatoes on top. I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time. I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a sweet treat for me. <laughs> John, we're gonna break down the Grey Cup in our final episode of the year. I can't believe the year has gone by so quick. And uh, we'll look back to some highlights, perhaps, from, from our conversations over the years. And we'll break down, hopefully, a Winnipeg Blue Bomber Great Cup uh, win. If not, uh, hopefully, it's just a great game. And I appreciate all the time today. It's our longest episode ever, so I do appreciate all the time, John. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Enjoy the food. And wish Bone and Bailey the best. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks for having me. It's been, you know, it's been a blast. And I'm excited to see the game and see, see uh, who comes out on top and what's going to happen. It'll be, a, it'll be a good episode next My week, that's sure. Cup in our final episode of the year. I can't believe the year has gone by so quick. And uh, we'll look back to some highlights, perhaps, from, from our conversations.